The Bears get a huge win over Arizona. We'll talk to Coach. We'll look at some film, and I'll break it down for you. Coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback and color analyst for Cal Radio. Today, we're talking about a huge win. Bears over Arizona, 49-31. That is a massive win at home. Completely changed the face of the offense in this game. Huge moves on the offensive line. We'll talk about that. Coming up, we'll have an interview with Coach Wilcox. He will break down the game from his perspective as well. And we will talk about where the Bears were great, what they need to work on, and what's coming up. First, my take. This week, the offense really needed to get on track. After that Notre Dame game, Offensive line play for the last three games really has not been up to par for what it should be. Remember, Cal is an offensive line factory for the NFL. We have had some phenomenal offensive linemen. So offensive line play at Cal is usually pretty high level. And so when an offensive line isn't performing up to snuff, uh, it is tough. And it's tough as a quarterback, you know, as a Cal fan too, obviously. But as a former quarterback, my offensive lines were fantastic of the Five guys I had playing on my offensive line. Both years, my junior and my senior year, four of them ended up playing in the league. I think we had a first-round pick, two second-round picks, a third-round pick, uh, and a couple other guys that all played in the league for a couple years at least. So really good offensive linemen. And you're used to seeing that, guys like Alex Mack coming through there, Jeremy Newberry coming through there. Just, I mean, ta- guy after guy who played at Cal, Tarek Glenn, right, and then played in the league. So... Uh, we're used to great O-line play. So when it's not there, it seems very weird for us. First three games, it wasn't there, and I was tough on them. I hate being tough on offensive linemen. This game, I want to give them a ton of love because they turned up the intensity on that offensive line. They made wholesale changes on the line in terms of position switches. And so you had Sindo, Matt Sindrick, who is who has been a center this year. They moved him to guard. They also put uh, Seawape Vatakani in at the other guard, a true freshman. He's seen some playing time so far this year. He is a very large human being, uh, and he has the mentality of a great offensive lineman. He's going to put somebody on their back, and he's going to keep grinding them until the whistle blows. And so he was a great addition to that line. They uh, had TJ Session, who had been kind of on and off at that right tackle, start at that right tackle position. Uh, And then Ben Coleman was the only guy who hadn't played, uh, who was at his own position. Ben Coleman stayed at left tackle, and then they moved Driscoll from left guard to center. So you had wholesale change. It was like musical chairs on the offensive line with guys moving around. I think that sends a message to those big boys that it is not working. You've got to get this right. You better get your stuff together. And so that, I'm sure there was intensity in the offensive line room. Angus McClure is a really nice guy, but he's an O-line coach, and so he can crank it up, and I think he probably cranked it up in that offensive line group, uh, in that room. And so I think that brought some attention to it as well. But those guys got the message, and they played extremely well. The second play of the game, they run what is called a pin and pull. You pin the end, pull lineman through to lead, and you kick with the first guy. You lead up through the hole with the second guy, uh, and it's it's fantastic. It's a G scheme, gap scheme run, and it was fantastic around the edge. Uh, Jaden Ott hit it, and there was nobody there, not looking back. Uh, 
that dude can flat out fly because Arizona's free safety had an angle on the play. Uh, it's called a pursuit angle. You know, you see it all the time in football. Guys get caught from behind from pursuit angles. He had a pursuit angle, a good one, and Jay Knott just ran right through it, which shows you how much speed he has. And he's so smooth that he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but boy, he can flat out fly. So that is awesome. Uh, Jaden Ott went on to rush for 274 yards and three touchdowns on the day. That was one of three explosives. Uh, he had another one later on going the other way. Ben Coleman, by the way, left tackle, got offensive lineman of the week for the Pac-12, which is huge. He's the first Cal guy to get that award since the inception of the award in 2019. So getting a little love from the conference for a great game. Anytime you run the ball for 354 yards in a game, one of your linemen has to get that award because the Bears were moving it on the ground. And the beauty of that is they rushed for four touchdowns as well. But the beauty of moving it on the ground like that is when you can run the ball like that, now the D-line has to stay home, linebackers are waiting for the run, it changes what you can do as a defense because you can't go get after the passer if you can run the ball like that. You put guys up in that gap, they're going to break through the second to the second level right away. And you're talking about 8, 10, 12-yard or even bigger chunks. And so you have to honor the run first. Honoring the run first then cleans it up for your quarterback, Jack Plummer, was a beneficiary of that uh, 245 yards passing on the day, very efficient day, three touchdowns. And so a great day for Jack Plummer as well. Another of the new faces that kind of got involved on the offensive side of the ball, Elijah Maharo hadn't had any catches, got his first catch in this game, ended up with three for 45. Kaleki Latu has been steady all year long, two catches, uh, 26 and a TD. And again, receivers continue to show up. Jeremiah Hunter showed up. Uh, had five catches on the game. There was one, he ran a corner route, and Jack Plummer threw a ball with great air. It was not a catch for a touchdown, but it allowed Jeremiah Hunter to draw the pass interference, uh, which got the first down for the Bears as well and allowed them to continue that drive and score. So some great efforts at that outside spot. We're seeing you know, great recruiting there by Burl Toller, paid dividends. You're seeing those guys show up. Offensive line played extremely well. And now you know where Cal's offense can be. They are uh, playing in that game. They were fantastic. You flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and Coach Wilcox came off the field saying, we're not covering, we're not tackling, and we're not rushing the passer, which are really the three things that you have to do on defense. And so he wasn't very happy with that defense going into halftime. They had played over two dozen different defensive schemes, you know, looks on defense, uh, trying to get some stops. And, you know, let's face it, Arizona was really good. Jed Fish is a very good offensive coach, and he put together a pretty good scheme. But Cal's defense wasn't quite up to their normal snuff in this game. And so there were guys who weren't playing with great eye discipline, right? They're, you have an assignment on that play, and you are supposed to stick to your assignment. Second play of the game, they come out, I think first or second play of the game, on a naked boot. And Jaden Delora rolls out to his left, and they're there. They've got it covered. Colin Gamble has the flat covered. And Delora looks back inside, and Gamble just drops off, which gives you the flat. And so things like that, the discipline of staying home and, and playing your assignment showed up again and again in the first half. And so that was huge. Um, I think the Bears' defense could be a whole lot better. 
than they played in that game. And so it was really close going into halftime. I think it was three points at half. And so coming back in the third quarter, though, defense turned it around. They played a whole lot better. Uh, got two interceptions in the second half, which were huge. The turnovers, that's the difference in the game right there. When you look at it, 18 points, two turnovers, that's 14-point swing right there. So that's the difference in the game. And getting those takeaways, are it's amazing. Also, not turning the ball over on offense. Zero turnovers, zero interceptions, zero fumbles turned over. So excellent job there by the offense as well. Uh, defense came to play in the second half, played a whole lot better uh, from the third quarter on. And so that showed up. Um, injuries, minor injuries. Lamaja Hearns uh, had a minor injury in the game. We didn't see him for the rest of the game. Uh, Achille Calhoun had an injury, so we're going to have to see if he gets back. Uh, and down, guys, and that, that defensive line especially, Bears have to be concerned about depth at that position because that's a position obviously going in. Brett Johnson is gone. Stan McKenzie is out. And so they're already down, guys, at that defensive line position. You can't lose more guys up front. They play a ton of nickel, but you still need those big bodies to fill in. And so I think overall, great team effort. I think they got it together. Um, and I think that the second half, obviously, the defense is way happier about it. Coach Wilcox, I know, is not going to be happy uh, talking about that defense in the first half. But they did bring it back together. And in the end, it's a win. And the biggest piece of it is you get a W on the board, first win in conference play. It's a huge game. Uh, if not for an ACC referee, Bears could potentially be undefeated right now. So now it's time to talk to Coach Wilcox about the Bears' victory on Saturday over the Wildcats from Arizona. Well, joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And coach, great win this past week. I know at halftime, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, going off the field, you were a little bit hot. But to come back and get a big win like that is huge. You looked at the film now. Tell me about the game. <clears throat> uh, great effort by the offense. Um, you know, to score that many points, to, to put the ball in the end zone seven times like that in Pac-12 play is a big deal. Uh, real credit to the coaches and the players who got that done. Um, you know, obviously the run game and the explosive plays were huge. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, even, even looking at the tape, you know, the guys would tell you the same, that there was a few drives that we still probably uh, could have played better. Uh, but that's encouraging if you scored seven times and then identify, you know, still a lot of things that you can work on. So uh, we got to build on that momentum offensively. Uh, defensively, not near uh, what the standard is. You know, I think they, they got the guys uh, felt that in the meetings on Monday. Um, did not anticipate that coming into the game. I, I, you got to give Arizona credit. That's a good offense. Jetfish is a good offensive coach. They know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they have their receivers and the quarter, the quarterbacks, a handful, the receivers are good players. Uh, the running backs can make plays. Uh, but we just, we didn't really do much of anything until the third quarter where we got a couple three and outs, a big sack fumble. Uh, and then we finished with two interceptions late in the game, which were critical plays, huge plays, uh, got off the field on third down. We just, we gave up so many explosive passes. It's just, uh, uncharacteristic and something that needs to be addressed. And uh, it's still great to learn those lessons when you win a game and uh, really proud of the offense for the strides that they took. And now uh, we got to get all three phases playing at the same level. And that's the, the key to all this. 
Yeah, always better to learn in a win like that than it is to learn in a loss, no doubt about it. Um, at halftime, you came off and you were talking to Todd and you said, we're not covering, we're not tackling, and we're not getting after the passer. What changes did you make at halftime to change that? Um, you know, from a, you know, schematic standpoint, there weren't a ton of things that changed, uh, to be honest with you, Mike. Um, I think we counted, uh, Pete, Pete had said we called 25 or 26 different defenses on first and second down. And so at that point, you know, you can try to manufacture things and you can keep calling different stuff, but, but at some point we have to execute the calls better. And it was a lack of eye control. I mean, I, twice on the first drive, we had really poor eye control at one position that cost us, I mean, the first play of the game, uh, they ran a little boot. We lost our eyes. It's just bad technique, uh, bad execution. And then two missed tackles on just crack replaced outside zones um, in the secondary, you know, and then really not much in terms of, we always chart the one-on-one wins. You know, when you get blocked one-on-one, how many times are you getting blocked versus how many times are you getting off the block? And we didn't have enough going there. So I think the second half, uh, just better individual efforts, which lead to better collective efforts on defense and uh, still, you know, the number of times the ball went in the air and they caught it and we didn't knock it down was too many. And uh, we've seen the guys, our guys play at a higher level than that. And again, you got to give their quarterback credit, their coaches credit, their receivers. I mean, they, they jumped over us a few times, just took the ball away. So we have to go up and make those plays and uh, knock the ball down. We have to get the quarterback on the ground. We got to impact him. And so, yeah, I, I think it was a combination of all those, but it wasn't like a, you know, we threw the game plan out and started from scratch at halftime. It wasn't that. Right. But getting after guys sometimes, get them dialed back in. And, and it's not like, you know, this team is almost never not dialed in. I've never seen them not dialed in. But there were more gaps in the passing game than we talked about. How much of that is Jed Fish? He's a pretty good offensive coach. He's really good with what he does in the scheme. How much of that was him giving you different looks that created confusion? How much of it were guys trying to do more than they should. One of the things that stood out to me was that fake bubble screen. They hit it twice on you. The fake bubble screen got guys up the seam. Um, how much of it were guys trying to do more than they should? How much of it was Jed Fish scheming? Well, yeah, I mean, they have good coaches. There's no doubt. Jed's a really good offensive coach. Uh, we've seen those plays in the past, you know, play action, running the tight. I mean, the first play of the game, they ran an underboot, and like we have a flat defender that came off this guy. And it's like, I mean, that's not hard. You know, they, they threw a play action seven cut on us in a matchup zone. And we've seen that before. We've seen the, we've seen the bubble screen and we call it Hollywood, you know, the seam route. And it's like fake. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that. Uh, and those are good plays, but we've also practiced them before. So yeah, it's focus, it's technique, it's doing your job. It's all of that. It's competing. It's committing to getting the ball carrier on the ground. Uh, it's all those things, Mike. And so we see good schemes every week. I mean, there's there's not a bad coaches that we go up against, you know. Like, there's always a good rhyme and reason. I just – I rarely, I think in the last five years, go into a game thing saying, boy, this offense has got no scheme, you know. Like, everybody's doing some good stuff. Uh, we have to do what we do better. And so it's – there's just uh, not an excuse. And listen, at times, I mean, they threw the ball up and they jumped over – 
us and caught it a couple times. And if that happens, it happens, you know, but we got to be able to make the plays we're capable of making and the tackles we're make we're, we're, we're uh, capable of making. And, you know, we can't leave people uncovered when we're uh, supposed to be responsible for them. So, yeah, so, sometimes dudes win, right? That's, that's why you recruit guys because dudes are going to win sometimes. Uh, but playing your scheme, I think, you know, as I said, watching this team, they are always kind of, they are on their technique. They are playing their assignments and they just seemed a little off of their assignments this game, watching the film. I would um, agree. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball because I I've been hard on the offensive line just because they've, you know, they hadn't played well up to this game. And so I love giving those guys credit when it's deserved. You guys played musical chairs up there during this game. And that offensive line played a ton better. You guys interjected uh, Vatikani in there as well. He made a huge difference. He's going to be an animal by the time he's done playing. But talk about the changes in the offensive line and how that affected both your running game and your then your ability to throw the ball. Well, uh, hard to say it was one thing. Again, it's, and I, I think it'd probably be a lot cleaner and easier if we just said, well, moving one guy and that fixed everything. You know, I don't know that it's that simple. You, you know, you you're aware of that, but yeah. uh, the combination. I think everybody in different positions, right? Yeah. I mean, Sendrick's now playing guard, guard and you've yeah. got Driscoll at center and you've got Vaticani inter- injected and yeah. you know, your right tackle changes out to be sessions to start the game. Like you made wholesale kind of moves up there, which sends a message to those big guys, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we knew we had to play better and they did. And, you know, uh, Driscoll's played center before, Sendo's played guard before, uh, Siwape's played guard the whole time. TJ's been playing right tackle, um, getting those guys more opportunities, getting them playing aggressive, um, cleaner technique. You know, it, it all matters. Uh, again, the coaches put them in re- in good spots, and uh, we were able to take advantage of some explosive plays, you know, by, by uh, Jaden, obviously, and then some other guys. So um, I thought everybody did a good job. I mean, and, and it was a, a great performance by them. And they also can be better. You know, we can be better in a lot of spots and they'd be the first to tell you. But I think, uh, you know, we talked about on Monday, it's like, okay, the bar is raised now and that's the bar. So we have to continue to grow and build on, on the uh, improvements that we've made and, and grow as a unit moving forward because we're still going to need, you know, more than five guys play O line and more than one running back. And, and so I think it's continuing to, to build on the momentum that we created in that game is important. Uh, so early on play number two, you hit the big G scheme, the outside pin and pull with uh, your young running back and he takes it to the house. Talk to me about a getting that blocking and Jade not doing that. And then what kind of message does that send to the team? What kind of momentum does that bring to the team? Yeah, you you hit it. We were in a, a wing set, kind of a two by two, and uh, they were in uh, inverted safety and ran pin and pull. And uh, Siwape got a really good kick out block. Their corner kind of uh, ran up the field, and so took himself out of the play, and which left our second puller for the inside backer. He got just enough of him, and then uh, that was it. And then the other safety was on the other side of the field because it was a split safety defense. And so uh, at that point, Jaden just took off and had to kind of skip through one tackle. And I think we talked about after the game, I mean, he's a fast guy and he was pretty intent on scoring and uh, got it done. 
Yeah, I laughed because I, I pointed out as soon as Jay not saw daylight, like he didn't look for anything else. He was, you know, track athlete, eyes down the field, running fast. And I said, man, you know, he never looked back. And your answer to me was, well, fast guys don't look back. I don't personally know that because I was never a fast guy. So right, I was, uh, they were yeah. coming at me from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, you know, he is a fast guy and uh, fast guys don't look back. They, they don't look to cut back because they're going to outrun people's angles. And he makes great cuts at times because he has to. But again, um, when you have speed, you're not looking to cut back. And sometimes when guys maybe don't have that speed, myself included, maybe you, I don't know, but oh, definitely you're, me. you're always looking for the cutback. You know, you're looking for the over pursuit because you're, you know, they're coming. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he was, I mean, he ran through so many angles in that game. It was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Jack Plummer finally had a clean pocket. He was able to throw once you, people don't understand like how the run game and pass game works together. As soon as you start establishing those run defensive linemen have to set up for it, right? They have to block, they have to fight pressure, all those things. And now it gives you a clean pocket time to throw. I thought Jack Plummer looked pretty good in this game. Yep. Uh, he did. And it, I think especially later, you know, he didn't start great. Um, right. And he would tell you that one, one of the things we talked about with him is try, we got to find ways to get him in rhythm earlier in the game. Um, and drop that first, first throw down about two feet yeah. and we'll be good. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but he did make some really good throws uh, later. And I mean, as the game progressed, he really did. And threw some, Good balls. I mean, a beautiful post um, through a couple of great, great throws to Elijah Maharo. He also had a couple throwaways that were big. We had a, a naked on where we didn't have the edge and they happened to bring the nickel and uh, got rid of the ball as opposed to taking a sack. So he had a couple throwaways that were really good plays. And another one that's worth noting is the deep ball, uh, not the touchdown, but the deep ball he threw to Jeremiah where he put it in a place to draw the pass interference. Yeah, draw the PI, yeah. Yeah, and so, again, those little things, and then he got us into the, you know, we had uh, some checks, and he got us into one play that uh, was a touchdown, uh, and it was a kind of a check with me thing, and he got the exact right call and uh, really did a nice job. So stayed clean most of the game, didn't take a lot of hits, and uh, he, he did a good job. And as we mentioned, I think one of the keys is going to be just getting him, into a, getting him into a rhythm a little quicker. No doubt. Making him feel comfortable back there and giving him that confidence of feeling comfortable will be a huge, huge difference maker for him. What do you take forward from this game wrapping it up? Because now you're going into Washington State. What do you take forward from this game? What do you add on? Obviously, the teaching aspect for the defensive side, you talked about it and some stuff to clean up on offense. It, always coaching, right? Always yeah. coaching moving forward. What do you take from this game going forward? Well, so much. I mean, we sat in there on Monday and watched a ton of video with them and you know, we want to point out the things that we did well, and then also a lot of areas for improvement. And I think you, you said it, we say it all the time. I mean, it's really great to have those lessons being taught after a win. And so building on our momentum on offense, getting back to that standard on D, identifying what were the issues defensively. Uh, I still think we have room to, we got a room to improve on our return units. We had a better punt return day. Um, but we had a couple issues on our return units that we can clean up. So just playing better and better football and eliminating the, those self-inflicted wounds. Uh, and if the other team makes a great play, so be it. And we, you know, we move to the next play, but really just eliminating the self-inflicted wounds. And, and uh, you know, as we aim to play just our best football as a team, all three phases. 
So you can hear from Coach Wilcox many of the same themes uh, that I was talking about early on. The Bears had to be better discipline-wise in terms of assignment effort on defense. They were in the second half, but they'd like to start from the shoot this week. It is going to be really essential that they are incredibly disciplined because Cameron Ward, the quarterback for Washington State, is a dude. And we will look at that coming up. We were going to have a preview of Washington State later on this week. That's it for today. Huge win. The Bears get it done. 49-31 over the Wildcats at home. Bears are gone next three weeks, actually, from Memorial Stadium. So you guys can listen to me and Joe Starkey on the radio. Obviously, you can get it KGO. You can tune in on the Varsity Network app and get it there as well. I appreciate you guys watching. For Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast, I am Mike Pulaski. Go Bears.